Hell yeah. Is it recording this time? It is recording this time. He sucks well, and always suck. <laughs> he just, I just think he just wants to hear the sound of his own voice. <laughs> do you, that do you think when Ferkser heard that, because immediately after I uh, played that, do you think he thought that Mike was talking about him and that was a clip of him? You know oh, what? Yeah. I had I had a beat, brief moment of panic when that came on and I looked at him and I was like, not you. Not you, <laughs> not you bro. I didn't think about that until after we played it. And I was like, oh, no. They, like, they, they're just ridiculous theme music is playing. He's like, oh, shit, this is a trap. <laughs> it's football and other F-words. It's been quite a while since we've been with you. I think it's been over about five weeks. You filthy, unwashed masses. We're happy to be back with you. Dirty I, motherfuckers. I am Mr. Lebowski. To my right is Mike Miracles. Allegedly. Allegedly. He is actually here tonight, which is wonderful. Sitting across from me, producer, co-host, Zach. Zach, how are you, sir? He just snapped. Wow. That does not, that wow. does not translate <laughs> this, to good audio. The we snap are, point intro. We're, we're off to a terrible start, and we're about to make it worse, because you know what we're going to discuss the whole fucking time? You yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are going to discuss you all. That's right. The unwashed masses, I'll say it again. They're all over Twitter. Oh, I'll going, be calling names out on Twitter. With your dirty we'll asses. A lot of blocks. Damn, we're, we're, you're calling names too. Oh, I'm calling names. I like it. Mm, yeah. We're going to get names. into it. Brady, yeah. Tannehill, who's right, who's wrong. I'll tell you right now, you're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of you are wrong. Uh, but we, we're nearing, hopefully, an end to this disaster. Hopefully, about a oh, week please. from today, we should know. Yeah, so we this will get released be. on Friday. So yeah, just a few days. Yeah, because yeah. because technically tag closes on Monday. I had it up, noon. but then I lost it. Monday, Monday noon. or no, yeah. eleven. It's noon yeah, Eastern. Eleven Central. Yep. So, so obviously, we have not recorded a podcast since the Super Bowl, and it feels like free agency has been about three and a half years. I think <laughs> yes. I think this has been the most stressful time. Other, even going through everything we went through as fans, starting from, you know, week one all the way to the playoffs and the, the AFC championship. This is the most stressed I've been in my life. It, I don't even tweet hardly anymore because I'm just so afraid to say anything because people, this is the Tannehill versus Brady debate, which should not be a debate, by the way, in my mind. I mean, I get it. It's Brady, blah, blah, blah. But it's just, it's just as acerbic and like tension heavy as the Mariota versus Tannehill it's, debates. It, it has replaced the uh, Mariota. And it's the same people who supported it, well, Mariota support Brady because they hate Tannehill because they benched, they got this guy benched even though it wasn't Tannehill's fault that Marcus fucking sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like it wasn't his fault. That's a great point. That's actually a line I've not drawn there. Is it is. That, and I really do think that that's a lot to do with it. That the same people that don't want to see Tannehill stay I, I think it's almost a semi-subconscious thing because this is the guy who replaced their boy. Well, this, it, it's the Venn diagram of the pro-Mariota people that defended him to the death and the pro-Brady people is almost a perfect circle. Okay. I mean, it is almost perfectly overlapped. All right, so I'm going to start with Zach. Before we start getting into fans and their terrible-ass takes that they put to us on Twitter and then we block them and they get mad. <laughs> um, Zach. I got blocked by a guy that I didn't even really talk shit about. Let's start with Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady coming to the Tennessee Titans? 100% he's not. Is he going back to the Patriots? I'd say 80% he is. Okay, Michael. I agree with, with those numbers. You agree with those numbers. Yeah. 
I, I now because now er, last week you were kind of teetering. I, I, I waffled a little. So this this is I've I've kind of hated this off season because there's there are. <laughs> See, I'm calling names out already. Kinda, uh, I, I see your oh, fucking yeah. mentions. <laughs> uh, it's awful. So there's only one discussion that is is dominating. It's Tannehill Brady, and we've been having it for a month and a half, and it's the same fucking discussion that we've been having the since since January. Now is it's the same discussion. We're still having it and you can't have another discussion because ultimately that domino affects everything else. I mean, we, we briefly take breaks to argue over whether running backs are valuable or not, or whether uh, Jack Conklin uh, should get paid like the, the best right tackle in the league. But that those are brief. Oh, and, and the merits of paying an edge rusher like Jadavid yes. Clowning. So those three little items have been brief respites from the ongoing slaughter that are my mentions over the Brady Tannehill thing. Anytime you tweet anything out, it is just wolves at each other's throats in in the mention. So I'm exhausted by it, but you can't move on and talk about the draft because all this stuff is it all comes back to that decision. That decision is so crucial to the rest of the offseason. It's exhausting. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to know who the quarterback is so we can stop talking about I, it. I, I could not agree more. Here, Here's the only reason why I'll agree with you all's 100%, 80% prediction. I was actually 100% both directions to where Brady is not coming to the Titans and he's 100% going back to the Patriots. The only reason why I've dropped to 80% for the Patriots is because the whole 49ers thing yeah. is just wild enough to where I could actually see that happening. But I just don't understand how fans do not see this for, and, and again, it's my opinion, but I don't understand how the how Tennessee fans don't see it. New England fans as well. This is a giant fucking smokescreen. This to me looks like contract negotiation one on one. Like we don't we talk about this every year about smoke screens and stuff, and I feel like we do, and I, that's why I brought it up like last week. Mike started falling for these fucking smoke screens. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, we just talked about smoke screens. It, well, you, it, it's it's I waffled on it last week because like all the reports started like leaning towards Brady and the Titans and everything. I was like, huh, maybe there really is like. I never went fully, this is what I think is going to happen, but I did waffle a little bit off of my certainty that Tannehill was going to be the guy. I'm now you, back you on. Were, you were straight up Waffle House. I was Waffle House You were smothered, week. covered, scattered, but, but peppered, and capped. That's what happens. Just all about this When the, the debate thing. gets beat to death over months at a time, and these reporters have to come out with something new. There has to be some new angle to talk about on Get Up for six hours. But... <laughs> You know, so something Jeff Darlington comes out and oh, I'll be shocked if Brady goes back to the Patriots. Like, okay, but Jeff Darlington is like a Brady shill, right? We're pretty sure that that's what's happening. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, that's what it came down to because it came down. I don't know if anybody's ever gone back and actually read this, but you know, the Jeff Darlington piece that came out before they went and won the Super Bowl uh, versus the Rams. You know that big hit piece with TB twelve. Uh, that was Wickersham. That was, was that Wickersham? Wickersham. I thought it was yeah. Darlington. No, no, that was oh. Wickersham. I don't know if maybe well, Darlington contributed to it or something. I think something I happened know. because I got a lot of well, he you know he was the one reporting the dissension between blah 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 blah. Mm. Well, that was Wickersham, wasn't it? That was Wickersham. Well, you sure. fucking losers! You know. guys <laughs> fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> that this motherfucker Jeff Darlington is firmly a Brady shield. Shill. Shill? Shill. 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 Now I'm going to say shill. 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 Shill out. I mean, yeah. Hey, chill. I mean, he's totally hey, is. Chill out. And these and these and these idiots and I'm tired of seeing stuff that makes that doesn't really matter. Like the the betting odds and 
I fully respect Alan Bell. I think he does a great job. And this is not his fault by any means. But he puts out this betting line of the different wins and stuff like that that, you know, come from Adam Brady versus Adam Tannehill. And everybody starts reposting it like it's facts. Right. We were 70 to 1 to make it to the Super Bowl. 100 to 1 at one point to make it to the Super Bowl in the offseason. And no better than 70 to 1 for most of the regular season. And we were one game out. Odds don't fucking matter. They're, they're just pure probability. It doesn't uh, fucking matter. And they're put out there to get a balance of money on each side of it, right? Right. So, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. And obviously, if common, better, you know, Joe X is heading into the sports book and he sees, oh, the Titans have Tom Brady now. Yeah, I mean, to him, that that's what that matters. And that's what is influencing the line. It's, it's not necessarily oh, this is what Vegas really thinks is going to happen. It's what they think the common better in the, the where the money is going to split. You know, right. that, 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 that's what they're going for. Here's this is. And again, I want to go back to what I was just saying a second ago. It really drives me nuts that. I, I just feel like people are falling for what to me looks like contract negotiation. one. It, it yeah. So first is. off, so first off, totally if you is. want, if, if you're still in love with somebody and you want to make them jealous, what do you do? You want to make sure that they see you with other people, flirt with other people, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly what Brady's doing well, with and, us. And the, and the and Patriots want Brady to do this. They yeah. want him to go out and try to see what his contract is because they don't think he's going to get paid what everybody else seems to think he's going to get paid. And I think they're right. And you don't think for a second, that all three of these parties here, Rabel, Edelman, and Brady, knew how that scenario was going to turn out with that phone call. Are you fucking well, kidding I me? I kind of think that maybe they weren't expecting, like, I'm wanted to catch it on video. Edelman and Brady were having a good time, and they called up their bud on FaceTime. Yeah. It fucking happens. I, got, I get hammered all the time in FaceTime buds. It happens. <laughs> I mean, you just don't ever do, FaceTime me. Like, yeah, I, you oh. don't answer. Well, and, that's true. And, so, and <laughs> well, you'll be sitting there, you're kind of having fun. You say, you know, we should, we should call, we should call so-and-so. And they go, listen, Vrabel was with Brady when he saved a woman's life. That is a bond that they share at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> when, he, when he came Kool-Aid Manning out of the bushes to <laughs> yeah. save Charlotte, what's her face? Uh, yeah. Charlotte Wilder. Charlotte yeah. Wilder. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pathetic. Like, I've been saying for weeks that, in, in my opinion, and look, I've been wrong before, very rarely. I'll, you'll never, I don't think I've ever been wrong on this show, but no. definitely on uh, in other stuff. But it's not happening. And yeah. listen, and let me tell you why. It's because you see the people reporting and you look for the consistent narrative. And I think Two-Tone Fanatics did a good job today. Yeah of really drawing the connections of who to believe and what to believe and why to believe it. And Ian Rappaport this whole time has never backed down from his statements at the Combine, before the Combine, just a few... This is we're recording on Tuesday. We retweeted it just about 30 minutes ago. He did another hit. The Titans want Tannehill. The Titans are working to get an extension. If they can't get an extension done before the tag deadline, they're going to tag them. That's been the narrative for three or four different segments that I've seen at least, but that's been Ian Rappaport's narrative. Schefter has been all over the map because ESPN can't decide what they're going to do, and Schefter is, doesn't have... It doesn't seem like he has a direct bead on what's really going on in the Patriots organization because a couple of different people are saying too many different things at ESPN. It doesn't seem like he can get his own narrative 
locked down. And, and, and Scepter has not been tied into no. the Titans. Like uh, He's reported minimal Titan stories over the last right. three or four years. And so that's what Two Tones Fanatics point out, is that Ian Rappaport has basically got his ear somewhere inside... Free, or inside the Titan staff with Jay Robin, and, and, and I think it it probably comes from somewhere in the front office, yeah. most likely, because he was he was the one that was out front of the malarkey stuff all the way, yeah. Um, and he had all of that when that broke. And so. then they also drew Diana Rossini came out today and said her thing, and of course, you know, people out of the woodwork came uh, to try to discredit that. But Titan but she, fans hate Rossini, yeah. But she has someone on Vrabel's staff, like Two Tone Fanatics pointed out. She has she has sources on Vrabel's staff. So they're both reporting the same thing, and one of them is from the staff source, and one of them's from front office source. I'm gonna believe that story over uh, betting odds and uh, a guy that is in the pocket of Brady and whatever. And and so let me say this about Rossini because there are some things that I know she's been off on. She had Marone getting fired, and he didn't end up getting fired. Uh, she had the whole A.J. Brown uh, catching punts thing, which actually he was warming up as a punt returner, apparently. And I think Kaharski has confirmed this, too. So that there was yeah, a reason for Kaharski also did say today, well, he never did it. So that's technically she was wrong. Right, right. And, and she was because yeah. she she came out more definitively saying that he would return punts right. that day and he did not. So she was wrong on that. But I, I don't I think you've got to at least give her some credence for what she said about the quarterback situation. Cause if you go back and you look at what she actually said and not what people are saying, she is, she said about the quarterback battle, which thing. I did post yes. the actual clip. Yeah. So what she actually said was that his leash was shorter than what maybe some people think. And they're not married to him and they're not married to him, which turned out to be eventually true. Now, Framing that as a quarterback competition, I never agreed with. I never thought it was a real quarterback competition because in real quarterback competitions, someone, uh, one, more than one quarterback gets first-team reps in practice, right? And we never once saw Tannehill get first-team reps in practice. But her saying that the leash was shorter than what people thought and that they weren't necessarily married to Mariota and that sources on the staff love Tannehill. Yes, yes. And that then when Tannehill got benched, it came out from various sources here yep. that said that the staff loved Tannehill and the but the Michael Lombardi. But came um, out and, yeah, the staff loved Tannehill, but the front office really wanted to give him, you know, Marcus's fair due, which is we yeah. discuss on the show is the right thing. Yeah. But the, there is credence to it. There is a truth. You look at the you look at the threads. There is no thread that the Titans have came out and said anything about. Yeah, we're we're in negotiations with Tom Brady, or we've been talking, we've been meeting with Tom Brady, or well, we've they, done this. And they wouldn't, to be fair. I mean, yeah. the, the Titans. But you don't really see when the report came out the combine when they listed off teams that the that Tannehill's reps had met with. For the longest times, huh? Brady's reps, right? Oh, yeah, sorry. Brady's reps met with. For the longest time, there was nothing about the Titans. It was the Colts was the other one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in one article, this person left off the Colts but put the Titans in, and they were both theathletic.com. So I don't know who got their wires crossed. I'm assuming the second guy because he said, well, according according to sources here at The Athletic or something like that. So there's been nothing, though, that... There's no hard evidence or anything that they're that interested in. I think it's more of a cursory interest. It's kind of like, oh, you know, J-Rob has done this before. Yeah. With Antonio Brown. What? 
what's a cost? What is I, it? I, you know, kicking the tires. I think they've done that. They've done their due diligence, but and, they and ultimately they don't want Brady, I don't think. I do put a little bit of credence to the idea that Tom Curran put out there, who is a longtime uh, Boston media guy, um, that the Titans were using Brady for leverage on Ryan Tannehill. That, you know, and people asked, because I, I wrote up that for Music City Miracles, and a lot of people were, were commenting, how does this give the Titans any leverage? I mean, Tannehill can still just go get it whatever he wants, but here's the thing. What? The Titans are People. trying to get Tannehill to sign within a window. They they want him to sign before free agency starts, right? So Ryan Tannehill, if he makes it to free agency, can still sign the Titans deal once he gets to free agency, or he can take other offers from other teams and draw other interests. So the Titans saying, well, we might move on to Brady, puts that clock on Tannehill saying, all right, well, if I do want to be back here and all reports are that he does want to be back here, why wouldn't he just had the best year of his career by far? Uh, he is well liked here that he obviously fits. He's, he seems to enjoy himself here. I mean, he, he like seems to like playing as, as a Titan and it, they give him, they gave him a second chance. And I think that means something um, for a guy like Ryan Tannehill, but if he wants to be back here, that is that is the only way the Titans can put a clock on him to make a decision. Well, and so you know? and here's and to feed off what you're saying, Mike, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Set aside the realistic move that Tom Brady should make. I'll get to that in just a second. If you look at, let's say you know Tom Brady's going to leave. If you look at the options to where for Tom Brady would go, it makes sense for the Titans to use the potential flirtation of Brady coming here to their advantage with Ryan Tannehill because it's a, it's, and I say this carefully, it's the most realistic option out there. There's too many pieces that would fit to make that a realistic option. Now I say that to say this, this is why I don't think Brady's ever going to leave new England. First off, why would he, mm -hmm. he's got a system that's already set up revolving around him that got him six Super Bowl rings. And if it was truly just about money, I mean, do we really think that Brady's just about cash? Now, he could be. He very well could be. But six Super Bowls in, I, I just I find it hard to believe at this point that it's just about cash. Number two, even if it was just about cash, New England has the resources to give the man whatever the fuck he wants. And I got to believe that they're behind the scenes waiting for this CBA shit to disappear so that they can do just that. Number three, and this is the, th the point I keep throwing out there. Now, this is a bit straw man, and I am kind of, I'm grasping a little bit when I say this, but... There's a realistic scenario that Brady leaves the Patriots, goes to another team, and things don't go well. The system doesn't fit. He gets partially injured. Whatever he's 43 happens. Years old. He's 43 years old. He's and he's just had a middling season. Now all of a sudden he's in a situation where he could realistically retire. So I, I gotta think that teams are thinking about that kind of shit. Imagine this nightmare scenario for the Titans. They let Tannehill go and they grab Brady. Brady shows up here and he goes eight and eight. Okay? And all of a sudden, Brady just goes home, looks at his extremely attractive wife and says, oh, and, I shouldn't and, have left New England. I, I don't want to do this. He's on Twitter, yeah. so he's going to see all the comments about him that right. from these people <laughs> that will that love him now but turn on him later. But 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 seriously, to, to finish that statement, like that's a realistic possibility because his age. Players do that all the time where they leave and they go to another system and age catches up with them or whatever happens. They get to the end of the season and say, you know what? I'm out. The Titans are capital F fucked at that point. And I know well, the no, because we paid $30 million a year for Brady and for two years. 
and we drew, and we spent uh, our number twenty nine pick or traded up for a quarterback oh, of the future. So but don't worry, don't worry. Bridgewater is out there for value. Oh, yeah. All right, Jesus now I'm not Christ. going down that path for a second. But, I do, I do want to yeah. do this. Okay, so let's let's start with. <laughs> Some of the most ridiculous shit that I've been reading on Twitter, and I can't wait for Mike and Zach to go off about this. Here's here's number one. Okay. Okay. Ryan Tannehill is not a top 10 quarterback because he's only had 10 good games. Look, I mean, by every... Me- I get what people are saying, but also people are looking at... I see people placing Big Ben above him. And let, and, and let, me, let me say this about Big Ben and Cam Newton and all these people that I've seen with... They just are coming off major surgery. Are you talking about top 10 of all time? Of the last 10 years? No. No one you is just, saying Tannehill's you, last 10 years. You just nailed it. I don't want to cut you off yeah, there. I'm going to let okay. you keep going, even though, you know, it's a good award. Beyonce did it better. But um, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, this is what I think that, that this dumbass segment of the fan base is doing. You're saying that Ryan Tannehill's a top 10 quarterback of all time? No, motherfucker. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that for the 10 games he started in, he was putting up top 10 quarterback numbers in the league for top, 2019. Close to top five quarterback Bingo. numbers. I mean, wasn't it, Mike? I mean, yeah. I mean oh, he was absolutely and then, top And five. then the people that put out their um, their game law, his game law, said, does this look like a top 10 quarterback to you? Yes, it Well, does. it obviously was. I uh, mean, by, it 100% does. By, by those stats you just posted, try to throw it in my face, he was a top 10 quarterback, a top five quarterback. We had a top five offense, and people are like, well, you know, you know, Tannehill, you know, he's just not going to carry us for another year. But I sure hope that uh, Marcus, you know, he finds a system that fits for him and works that, out. But, hey, the, I was just told that, hey, Tannehill found the system, but he'll never, it'll never work that, out for That's him. the funny thing. That's the irony here because I, I got into this debate today on Twitter about, you know, oh, well, you know, there's a segment that is saying, and this is their stance, that Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. He's always going to be Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he just had – one lucky stretch, and then and now he's going to go straight back to being uh, an average to below average quarterback, which that's assuming that that's what he was in Miami, and I think there are some some reasons that that's at least debatable, given what Miami is, uh, what, what, what we've seen Miami become. I think since that's a left. realistic fear. I will say that. Yeah, so I, if we're saying that's what he was in Miami, they're saying he's 100% going back to that, and then in the very next breath they're going to say, Marcus Mariota, I hope he goes to a place that gives him a chance to to reinvent himself. Maybe he just needs a fresh start. What do you think Ryan Tannehill just got here? He just got his fresh start. I firmly believe, and I, I, I've said this about Mariota, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to go become a star somewhere else, but I think he might be able to go play decent football somewhere. I mean, players change. Players change especially – when they go to a different system and a different supporting cast and a different coaching staff, Tannehill finding the fit of this offense in Nashville, it really could be that he is this guy now, and this is what he is in this offense. And I think people are underselling the impact of the fact that we didn't see him do this on some random team and now we're talking about bringing him in and asking him to do this here. We saw him do this here with this team, with this supporting cast, in this offense, and we're looking at bringing back that. But that I'm sorry, core. it was only 10 games, bud. Well, yeah, 10, 10 phenomenal games. Um, oh, but but his yard per his his yards, you know, per average, that's bullshit because it was all AJ Brown. Right, right. Yeah, because 
And the crazy thing. So any stat that you that want one to makes up, me want to fucking break someone's spine. If, if you're, oh, I'm sorry, you had a good wide receiver who's getting great yeah. yardage. Well, fuck you. I mean, hey, you not know that who great. wasn't giving him that yardage, Marcus. And 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 you know who you know who finished <laughs> third in the NFL in uh, I believe it was yards yards per attempt, but for like without run after catch, Tannehill. He was t- like top three in the NFL in average depth of target. Or average depth of yeah, I think catch, average depth whatever, of target whatever, is right. whatever the words I'm looking for is. But anyways, if your argument for not resigning Tannehill starts with, well, he wasn't that good last year, just get the fuck out. Like uh, right now, get the fuck out. Do not talk to me because he was phenomenal last year. Now, if you want to ask whether or not he can repeat that, I understand that, but you've also got to balance that risk, the risk of Ryan Tannehill not being able to repeat his his 2019 performance next year. You've got to balance that against. Tom Brady being 43 and coming off a season that wasn't that great for him. and 4,000 yards. Is he? Yeah, 4,000 right. yards. Yeah, 4,000 4, 4, yards, yards on 6,700. 24 touchdowns uh, in 16 games, which Tannehill yeah. had 22, by the way, in 10. Right, yeah, in 10. So, and, and you know, then then you get into the whole playoff thing. Well, he's exposed in the playoffs. Well, how'd Brady do in the playoffs? Against yeah. a, a much worse defense than any of the three defenses that Tannehill faced. He didn't it have Gronk, 4,000 yards. It is a completely, <laughs> completely asinine argument. So, I, I guess... An what, asinine or asinine? It's asinine. not like you said asinine. It's, it's ass, asinine. asinine. It's it's asinine. I, I would say point. it's almost it's ass, ass 11. Ass, <laughs> fuck it, ass 13. Why not? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just I don't understand how people can, can say, well, there's so much risk in Tannehill you know, not not being that guy moving forward. I, and I say can that, understand it because they're idiots. Well, yeah. I mean, like that's what boils down to is that these but, people are butthurt well, because Marcus and, is gone. And but you're ignoring the risk with Brady is the thing. Like that, you're completely ignoring the fact that he's 43 years old. He's never played in a system outside of New England. He's never played without the greatest fucking coach of all time leading his team. And he's and, only had two different offensive coordinators. I believe it was Bill and Josh McDaniels. And I think he had like an offensive coordinator in quotation marks. He had Weiss, but it's, oh, yeah, it's the same Weiss. system. They, yeah. they through Ever since Charlie Weiss, they have not changed the language. They've built and adapted that system. So that language and that system is what he has lived in. And the fact of the matter is that his connection with Josh McDaniels, the fact that they've been together for so long, the fact that him and Belichick can go back and say, remember that play we ran in 2011 that worked really well against this defense. Let's let's pull that one back out. But Mike, that's he'll part have a, of his benefit. Mike, Tom Brady will have Austin Hooper here after we trade Johnny <laughs> Smith away. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, what is wrong with this? this and, then, and then he'll be able to mentor Josh Rosen. Oh God! <laughs> you, you, we, the Titans finally have a good offense for the first time since I was a high school senior. I'm 34 years old, about to be 35. First time since I was a high school senior, we've had a good offense, and we just want to that throw was two it away. years ago. Because we don't like nice things, and we'd like to go back to sucking it off, and so everyone feels more comfortable. 4,000 yards, Mike. But, well, everybody thinks, yeah! that everybody, else, everybody thinks that Tannehill is more Kerry Collins. Cap value. Oh, that, cap that value. Was, Get that. Even, and let me say this. Do you know how you know how many Super Bowls we're going to win with cap value? Cap space wait. is cap poised space. to have a great Dude, season. Listen, the the rushing titles that's, that cap space is going to get for us is just going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be unreal. The number of free agent and draft picks and all that, it's going to be delicious. The, the, the when our draft guy. picks win us, win us a Super Bowl. The, wait, wait, wait. You could have the boat. Or you can have a mystery box. <laughs> and again, the mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> what, it could be a boat. But it's... This is what draws me nuts. Again, 
grasping at straws here, but I'm just going to throw it out there. If I had to gamble between Tannehill regressing over the next couple of years and Brady regressing over the next couple of years, I'll take Tannehill any day of the week because Tannehill at least gives us a realistic bridge to another good quarterback yes. to where well, Brady could have one bad season and is fucking out. Yes. That it happens to players all the time when they leave teams at that age. You don't have to change the system. And even in, because you have to change the system, right? You just have to. The, the, you're going to have to yeah. throw out some of our most successful plays because Brady cannot do the bootlegs. He cannot do any kind of athletic stuff. No zone read. But, but let, me, let me say this. Not only can he not do that, he can't do the, the, the tight, close throws in traffic that Tannehill was really good at. I mean, Tannehill was throwing balls with A.J. Brown was draped over him and blah, blah, blah. I mean, those tight window throws were our bread and butter last year, and Tannehill can make them. He's got the zip. Brady can't. And listen, if you're going to try and show me 40 of his best throws of 2019, show me the, uh, you know, 500 other ones, you know, that were either really bad or mediocre. If I mean, highlights do nothing for me. I think people who post highlights to prove their point are fucking morons. <laughs> and, and it's useless because they're highlights. You they can, only can, show the good plays. I've made this point before, but you could literally make Blake Bortles look like fucking Tom Brady in his prime if you wanted to. You could make Rex Grossman look like Peyton Manning or Dan Marino if you had the time to go no, find no, the we, clips. We, we do not demean sexy Rex. <laughs> <laughs> okay? On, on this show. We, that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're about. Fuck it. Go deep. Fuck it. Chuck it. And, and people are like, oh, well, you'll have to pay Brady for four years and you only have to pay Brady one or two. I mean, you have to pay Tannehill for four years and Brady one or two. You pay Brady... Let me tell you something. I don't care how good Brady is He's not coming in here and winning us a Super Bowl in two years. I just don't. It's not I mean, going to happen. I, I think don't, that's within the waffle. realm. I think that's don't within the realm no. of possibility. It's not because I, I think this team's a Super Bowl contender with either one. I like. I, listen, I, I have shit on Brady a little bit, but mostly just to prove my point that I think Tannehill's the better option. I don't think Brady's a terrible option. I just don't think he's as good an option as Tannehill because there's way more variables at play with Brady. Uh, let, let me know? let me say this. Everybody last year told me I was crazy, that Delaney is Delaney, and he's 35, and he's a different 35. That's the same shit I'm hearing this year about Brady. Age is undefeated. Whether it's an injury, whether it's just a severe drop-off in play, age is undefeated. We do not have an elite defense to carry Brady. We do not have the correct system right now to fit Brady's offense. And let me tell you something. I know I talk about yards per attempt a lot. With Brady, that's very important. 613 attempts to get to 4,000 yards. He's not going to have the opportunity to get 613 attempts here. So that means that that 4,000 is a total mirage. You are, I, let me tell you this. We signed Tom Brady. Matt Hasselbeck is going to be the single-season passing leader for two more years. <laughs> I do not want that. That record has to fall in 2020. Happen. And he's fallen, I think, five touchdowns from 2018 to no, 2017. 2018 was five touchdown drop off. And then it was a, a seven touchdown drop off from 2017 or 2018 to 2019, I believe it was. The, or that may have seven and five back mixed up. But either way, 
every stat he's had is going down. The statistical re- regression is very real for, for the last three years now. And I know a lot of people want to blame that solely on his supporting cast and his receivers. But listen, uh, the Titans, I know we like this supporting cast now and everything. And I, I think that's legitimate. I think they're good players. But we, we are less than a year. We're, we're less than six months removed from everyone blaming the Titans supporting cast for Mariota not being able to succeed. So yeah. which is it? I mean, are they the greatest supporting cast ever and, and able to lift anyone to, to great heights? Or are they somebody that or they group that got Mariota ousted? Well, I mean, it's whatever fits your argument right. with the, the Mariota Brady crowd. Right. Do you do you think? Yes. <laughs> take take yes take Brady out of the equation and it's it's all the rest of the quarterback free agents that are out there are we having this argument I don't think so I, I think are I we think are, are the are the well, are what the, do you mean uh, the, I'm, I'm making this point the the ones that are saying that 10 games is enough Tannehill's gonna regress I say we let him walk and we try free agency Oh, so you're saying like if it was Andy Dalton, is anybody going to tote the flame, tout the flame, or right. tote the flame? Is tout anyone the flame? is anyone complaining about anyone, Tannehill? Yes, is anyone yeah. complaining about Tannehill? Is anyone having the he's not a top ten quarterback argument? I I don't think so. No, no, I, there, I think there it's won't be much quieter. There yeah. might be a few because there there's some that are just negative about everything, but I, I think it's much quieter. If yeah, I think a that's break. a great point. I think it's all name recognition, and that's how it is. Every time we there's a free agent that it's becomes free, time. that has, is a big name, or this or that. I mean, the people get all. It's all about his name. I'm still waiting for Des Bryant to have that breakout season. Yeah, by the way. yeah. Just, I, it, just know, waiting. Let me be honest here. The, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be as bad as what it was when Randy Moss was here, but we've seen the story here in Nashville before chasing the older free agents. Yeah. And it doesn't really work out for us. And I mean, Cam Wake got injured, you know, was six games in and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, and he's, let me tell you, Cam Wake is way more in shape than Tom Brady. And, and TB12 be damn. Brady, Give me that Cam Wake 96 or whatever his number is. CW96. Brady's a freak. He's the greatest of all time, whatever. And he takes great care of himself. He's He hasn't been injured since like 2008 or whatever. Uh, and I totally recognize that. But it's going to happen at some point. Like, he's not going to. Why Why risk it here the for line, it to for maybe, maybe, like, for me, 0% chance. But for you. And he's like seventy five percent chance Super Bowl or he's, something. He's no, it's uh, no, not at all. Oh. Uh, I mean, there's, I, I see a scenario where it could work, but that's as far as I'll go on that. But <laughs> so I've done but, that with people with data, and oh, I really should break up with her. 40, I see a scenario where this could old. work, yeah. though. Yeah, but forty forty three years old is forty three years old, and even if you take great care of yourself and only eat the good things and, and everything like that. At some point, it's going to come for him, just like it did for Peyton Manning, just like it did for all the, you know, for Joe Montana, well, all, fav- all the great ones. My favorite part is that, well, he'll be a great mentor. It's no. great for a quarterback. I, I see people want Jordan Love to learn from Tom Brady. Oh, come on. They don't even have remotely the close, close to the same skill set. And let me tell you something. When has Brady ever been known as... Here, come under my wing, little little well, no. little bird. It's never, and he's never. He's notorious for wanting every single rep in practice, yeah. and, and not. And he's he tr- he basically pushed Garoppolo out the door in yeah. New England because he didn't want to deal with him being a highly paid backup. Yeah, I mean the, these people who have this these just I I feel like at some point 
these people just don't watch NFL games other than Titans games. And sometimes I feel like I'm arguing with the people that have never seen a Titans game that just want, that have created this account to make my life hell. <laughs> well, I've created three accounts to make your life hell. So <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but okay, so I, I want to throw out some of the more ridiculous things that I've seen both. Oh my Mike God, that was just number one, wasn't it? Yeah, I want to see. I want to see. I want to throw out a couple more, more ridiculous things that I've seen Mike and Zach interact with. I refuse to interact with it because I'll start cursing. But um, number two, uh, today, now I'm going to butcher this a little bit in, in defense of the person who tweeted it. But yesterday, Mike was dealing with someone who was trying to say that offering Tannehill X number of dollars over X number of years was ridiculous because Teddy Bridgewater presents no. better value. And, and he thinks that Bridgewater is going to get like $18 million so a year. Essentially, here's what, and I'll even give him the, I'll even give him the benefit of the doubt on Bridgewater because he's just using an example. But this is what we're arguing that paying Tannehill a big contract is ridiculous because we can get a little bit more mediocre quarterback for better value. What the fuck are we running? A restaurant franchise? Are we cutting the are we cutting the quality of chicken a little bit so we can get more people in the front door of cheddars? I I wish these people I I guarantee you, I would love to see these people's car loans. Because I'm I guarantee you they're still driving a ninety six Celica that they own for ten thousand dollars still in fucking twenty twenty. Because these guys are going to get re- taken to the taken to the woodshed at car dealerships because they have no clue what they're talking about when it comes to business and value. They just they just don't they don't know anything about contracts. They're just talking shit. I mean, this <laughs> fucking guy thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is going to command eighteen million dollars a year. I guarantee you, Teddy Bridgewater gets paid more than eighteen million dollars. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, and even even if he even if Teddy Bridgewater signs for one million dollars a year, I I if value is is important at a lot of spots. At quarterback, I want to get the best fucking guy I can get, period. Mike, I if I can care. guarantee you 2,500 yards and 13 touchdowns for $1 million or <laughs> 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns for 20, oh no, let's say $28 million. All right. Give me the expensive guy. Okay. I don't care. I, I want to see my team play good. And that's what's so that, ridiculous that, is I'm sorry, but the same people that are coming up with this value quarterback argument would probably be willing to pay Tom Brady whatever the fuck he wants to come here. So I don't want to oh, talk about Oh, it's only that. because it's a two-year deal, though. No, because they don't understand and, and that all deals come with outs. And here's here's the thing about the contracts. And we, we can talk about this a little bit. The contract deal, so... Contracts don't fucking matter. Well, yeah. <laughs> all, all, really almost, almost any deal that is four years has an out after two in the NFL. Yes. I mean, it, you might eat a little bit of dead money but you can get out of it. The Broncos signed Brock Osweiler to a four-year big money, or uh, no, the Texans. Texans. Texans signed seventy-two Osweiler. million yes. fucking dollars. Four years, seventy-two million dollars, and they got out of it after one year, and they're just fine. They they survived. They got they found a great quarterback. Let me now. let me add you another one that's more a little bit more relevant. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a hundred and fifty million dollar. He's in. He's about to start year three of that contract. Yeah. They can get out of it and gain $22 million in cap space. Right. $150 so, million dollar contract. So signing the four-year deal isn't really a negative thing to me. It's almost a positive because, one, you can take more of that money and push it further out into the deal to where your cap hit is minimized in this year when the cap's going to be tight, and it goes your big money years go out further where, one, they're not necessarily guaranteed, and then, two, you your cap is about to go up by – 
Some estimates are saying $40 million a year over the next two years. So you could go from $200 million cap to a $280 million cap in 2022. You're telling me that if they sign Brian Tannehill to a $30 million a year deal right now, and in two years they had to take a, a little bit of a dead cap hit, let's say like $15 million dead cap hit, and the cap is $280 million, that's going to kill them? No, it's yeah. not going to kill him. And that's worst case scenario. If he turns out to be good, you've got a good quarterback on a good deal and, that and is going to look better and better deal, by the year. Which I've heard that he wants a three-year deal. But Brady, no, let's say crazy. Let, let me tell you this. Even if it's just a two-year deal, that's yeah. fully guaranteed. Oh, yeah, so you're going to have the same cap pits. He ain't taking the shorter for, the, with us. When he's in negotiation process, he's looking for $30 million that's, plus. I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking the about. The same amount as Ryan Tannehill for two years. Brady... Brady knows and very well should have the Patriots over a barrel and they're going to give him what he wants because that front loaded ass fucking contract is going to have everything he wants two to three years, a ton of fucking money, and he gets to leave what he wants. I, th- I mean, th- listen, he's realistically thinking about his age. I can promise you that. Even though he's out there, I want to play till I'm 40, whatever the fucking age. We just started a production company or something. Bingo. Like, that, yeah. like yeah. You know, you don't tell me that he's not getting up every day thinking about his life after football. I'm not saying that he's getting up thinking I'm probably done. I know he wants to keep playing, but he's realistic. So he knows and his agent knows and is actively discussing with only the fucking Patriots. I promise you that a short ended front fucking heavy contract that benefits the shit on him and the Patriots are going to pay it. You know why? Because there's a 33% chance they're going to get another Super Bowl ring out of that cocksucker. Yep. <laughs> I mean, but, it's just the, it's the comfortableness of is, the system and the good coaching staff. This, That's not to say that our coaching staff is not good, but, but it's they Bill fucking Belichick. And they don't have the, like, right. <laughs> Rabel and Brady are friends, but they don't have the deep roots of shared experience as coach and player. That, that is... If you listen to anybody talk about Brady, a big part of the reason that they say he is successful, even in his older age, even as his arm strength and everything else is, is, you know, almost certainly starting to deteriorate, is that he has all this wealth of knowledge and experience in this system with these coaches that he can rely on and pull from. And that makes a difference. The, The continuity argument that we made for Mariota as a fan base for four fucking years about oh, oh that's out the window him. this they're year ruining him with all these coaching changes and he can't stay in the same system for two damn years we give Ryan Tannehill 10 games and decide he's a bust after he played great like what happened to continuity and oh they'll be better in year two because they got all the, the offensive coordinator and the the wide receivers and everybody's going to be back well, that's and playing what in the basically same basically heard Ferkser say was like yeah. It was really nice to have a little bit of on- offensive continuity. Yeah. We're, we're really excited for year for year two with Art Smith because excited of offensive that, continuity. Excited this, this, that he doesn't have to learn a new offense because, I mean, they get to build on what they've already done. Like that, that, That's that the thing. If you bring Brady and bring in and you have to install Brady's system. First off, and I was one of these people, but we were very heavily against Art Smith for first half of this season almost. I mean, talking about how he's no, not no, a good offensive coordinator and all this stuff. <laughs> Are we really going to say that him and, that he can build a system for Brady and then w- install a new system, install a new way of calling plays that fits Brady, and then teach that to all the other people who have to learn another new system? That's what everybody's forgetting. Taylor Lewan would have to learn his – he would at that point have learned every system in the NFL. <laughs> Taylor Lewan knows every system. But Saffold would have to learn his third new system in that many years because he came from McVeigh to here. And then you got to remember, 
our offensive line had all it takes takes time to gel. This it is just also does. the reason we've seen I it two want years Conklin in a row. Back, yeah. By the way, we can get to that later. Yeah. So we've right. seen it two years in a row. So a third year, we're gonna have to waste about what five to six more games, yeah. maybe seven games of Brady getting his ass kicked because these guys aren't learning the the system and gelling fast enough. Because we're probably gonna have, to Mike's point, a new right tackle maybe, and you know, like it just. It doesn't fucking make why, sense that this team would do that. Why are this? I want to go back to this. Why are fans of NFL teams counting the fucking team's money? That's yeah. what oh, yeah, me. I don't, That's I don't get this. It. It's it, not that your is money. bizarre. It's yeah. not your money. Stop talking to me about value and all that kind of yeah. shit. It, I mean, these teams are not laying out these picks for your benefit. And what draws me nuts about the value? Oh, well, if we, if we save money here, then that means we can go out free agency and get X, Y, Z. Shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're not in that front office. Why are you trying to save the team money? And, and there's a big difference, and I've noticed this lately. And I and me me and Nick Lombardi, we talked about this. And, I mean, and he understood where I was coming from. I understood where he's coming from. But we were just chit-chatting about can't does not equal won't. We can keep all these players. We can re-sign Tannehill. We can do, you know, keep Conklin. We can keep Henry. Uh, it's going to take some restructuring. It's going to take cutting some people, but we can do it. Does it mean we will? No, probably not. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't think J-Rob's going to do it. But it doesn't mean we can't. Yeah. Can't does not equal won't. Just because J-Rob maybe won't do it doesn't mean this team can't. And it's not because a team pays a running back that they can't do other stuff. There has yet to be a team that's paid a running back, and I know I'm getting off into the running backs, but there hasn't been a team that paid a running back that has put themselves in cap hell where they can't sign other people. The Zeke contract right now, they have $70 million in cap space, and they're paying him a shit ton of money. And you know what they can do? They can get out of it after year two. That big contract that everybody wants to throw in everybody's face, yeah, year two, they're out of it. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just think... The contract thing, people get all worked up about it. Most of these things you can get out of, like like we've been talking you, about. And you don't look at the big number and the years. Yeah. You look at the fully guaranteed and then, and then what the, the cap hits it takes to get hits. the fully guaranteed to, to come off. Because yeah. that tells you what the real year of the contract exactly. is. Exactly. And, and, and let's also talk briefly about your own free agents versus other teams' free agents. Because I think that's an important point that NFL players are not quite as plug-and-play as people like to make them out to be like if you took the if you took Michael Thomas off the Saints and you put him on the Titans would he still be a good receiver yeah absolutely but is he going to put up 1800 yards in in 12 touchdowns or whatever he had last year no he's not it's a different system and it it uses players differently so you pay the players that fit your system. You, right. you pay the, the guys, NBA. and you know the guys right. that you've got that are playing well here fit your system. You don't know that you know they bring in Yanni Kingakwe or whatever and pay, which I don't think is even going to be a possibility because the Jaguars are going to tag him and hold him hostage. And you know I'm not paying a ransom to then have to pay him twenty million dollars a year. Um, but. Oh, Chad Withrow complimented us on our studio. Oh. I wonder if that's because PK got locked out of that po his podcast studio. He's looking for a new spot. Yeah. Um, but no, you can you can you cannot put enough emphasis, I think, on seeing guys play well in your system. I, I think that's why they went and got 
Roger Saffold, for example. Roger Saffold played in a system that is very similar to the Titans system. They knew that he was good in a system that was very similar to what they were going to do. And, and look how that panned out. He came here and he played really good in this system. So I, I think fit is very important. You can't just go take the best player off the other team and put him on your team and he's going to do exactly the same 4, thing. 4,000 yards, six Super Bowls. Right. Yeah. 4,000 yeah. yards. But he had 4,000 yards. Yeah, so. 4,000 yards. I'm just going to say that for everything. Sir, uh, what would you like to drink? 4,000 yards? 4,000 4, yards. 4,000 4, yards. Can I get a, a number three with dark meat and 4,000 yards? You know who would have um, had more yards than Brady if he would have got to play all 16 games? 4,000 yards? Tannehill. Tannehill. <laughs> You know what it had way more touchdowns, way more touchdowns it, than Tom Brady? 4,000 yards. If, Tannehill. If Tannehill had thrown 613 passes like Brady, he oh, would have thrown for almost 6,000 yeah. yards at he the been, He, he would have had more uh, 4, more yards. yards than a blind Jameis Winston. He would have destroyed the entire NFL record can, book. Can we talk about <laughs> Jameis Winston galloping on all fours today? Oh, my God. That was just... When that got posted in the group chat that we're in, I was legitimately like, is that really him? Because that's what I look like it, trying, to, it, trying to bear crawl. Let, let me tell you something. There is a better chance that Jameis Winston signs here before Ugh, Tom Brady signs I here. Oh, I, I don't want like That's darkest I, I have to, He's got robot eyes. I would have to, I'd have to stop watching the Titans. He can see the entire field now. Yeah. So. I'd have to stop watching the Titans. I, I, just, I cannot stand Jameis Winston. I can't what either. I mean, the second he comes in there and eats a W in the locker I mean, get out. Dude. That's not on me. Walking in the locker room, starting like a big, dumb doofus. I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm not discussing that. I refuse to. Refuse to. 4,000 yards. What's, but, um, what's your next topic? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm so oh. disgusted with Titans Twitter. I, I do, actually, I do want to discuss. Let's let's move on to Derrick Henry. And uh, let's talk about why we don't want to pay a running back. Because, again, we're fans. We're counting the team's money. Well, you don't pay running backs because that automatically means your team loses. Oh, yeah. That's, that, right. that's what right. it means. The, the the amount you pay a running back equals the amount of wins your team is automatically capped to win. And yeah. this is what drives me nuts is before we go <laughs> too far into this. And I, thing. I know obviously there's a couple of moving parts here that have to work out. But do you not realistically want to explore the option that gave you the team that took you to the AFC championship game? Do you really want to start talking about value and Bridgewater well, and we, all this bullshit? Well, we can get uh, J.K. Dobbins. So, uh, you know, that will totally replace all of it with, uh, with Derrick Henry. Him, the, him and a pass-catching running back, by the way. Yeah, yeah. so now we got to get two running backs. We'll just keep Deion Lewis, I mean, at this point. Uh, now, so, and I, I think on the Henry thing, I mean, I, I understand the argument for sure about running back isn't a necessarily great position to invest a lot of money in for most teams. But the problem is, and I think we've discussed this before, the Titans aren't most teams. Like the, You have to design and you have to spend your money based on your team and what's important to you, what your value system is. And if you look at what the Titans did last year and how they performed, especially down the stretch on offense, and you tell me that Derrick Henry was not important to that, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, oh, but you can tag him, even though that's more money. That's more of a cap hit if you tag Derrick Henry, which I'm not against tagging. It's what twelve million dollars yeah, for the tag. Yeah, the franchise I'm, not tag? A, I'm not against tagging. I'm not. A, I'm not opposed. To I don't. That I don't idea. want people to think that I'm. I don't think that's a good option. Yeah. If it means that Derrick Henry's here, I'll take. I, it. I think there's a one hundred percent chance yeah, Derrick Henry's here. By the, the way, this idea that tagging Derrick Henry saves us money because again. We don't sign him to a two-year deal or yeah. a three-year deal is ludicrous. It's literally more expensive to tag Derrick Henry than to sign him to a longer deal 
when you look at cap hit. Yes. Look at the cap hit. Cap hits matter, especially in a, in a year where we don't where we need a bunch uh, not a bunch of pieces, but well, expensive pieces. You've, you've got a lot of contracts that need to be given out, and they don't have a. I mean, they've got a decent amount of cap room. They don't have a ton. They can certainly create more. But look at what the cap's going to do next year. I mean, we look at the the new CBA, the seventeenth game, the extra playoff game, and then the new TV deals. In all those factors and, and the the revenue bump in that CBA, if it's agreed upon, is that's going to skyrocket the cap. I mean, the cap is going to jump, like we talked about before, possibly $40 million each of the next two years. That changes things for you. That and changes well, the way that people are like, look. well, look at Damian Williams. He's, you know, you know, he got paid like $2 million and they just won the Super Bowl. Well, first off, he was kind of out all uh, for a good chunk of games. The Andy Reid system is a running back friendly system that you could plug in any running back and they're going to do it because they have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins all on the same fucking team with an all pro offensive line, almost in all the important pieces of, of the offense. It's a totally different made made version of a team that is totally drastically dif- different types. I understand that we have Corey Brown, that we have a good run blocking line and we have Corey Davis and Johnny Smith. They're not those guys. They're and we don't have Patrick Mahomes, and he's not walking through that door. And so you, Derrick Henry, is also a leader, and you're trying to say, well, the Rams paid Todd Gurley, even though they went to the Super Bowl, you know, in 2018 after they paid Todd Gurley, a winning team after paying a running back, and he was not the problem last year. And then you're looking at David Johnson, and trying to equate that to Derrick Henry is just mind-boggling to me. Like I don't, I don't get why people are so hung up on what other teams have done when we are not that team. Listen, we got to quit chasing the other teams and worry about building our team so the teams chase us. That's what. And, so, and the teams were chasing Derrick Henry, and they were not catching him. That's what's so weird to me with this fan base is that it it really feels like that most people want the suffering want the mediocrity to just have something to fucking bitch about uncomfortable with success exactly like these are the moves that a team makes when it's trying to overcome that final hurdle to win a super bowl and we're talking about value and letting players walk and getting expensive older quarterbacks and yeah so are you heading out? Yeah, I'm gonna have to bail out real All quick. Right. I got, I got something I gotta go. Oh, we're do at real 54 quick. minutes. Yeah. Do you yeah, got any last words? We're getting ready to parting bail on this. shot. Um, if I was the Titans, I would re-sign Tannehill, Henry, and Conklin. And, and you then, can do that, Titans. Yes, yes. You, you, you're allowed to do it. It is and possible. You can do it. The, the ideal situation would actually be sign Henry and Tannehill. I think to long-ish term deals so that you can suppress their first year cap hit, and then maybe tag Conklin if he's just dead set on hitting the market. Yeah, to me, which, just tagging Conklin's the way to go yeah. just because you hope that the Jets or the Browns are stupid enough to pay him that amount of money yeah. and sign him to an offer sheet, and then you can get to first-round picks. Yeah, which would be incredible. Yeah, that'd be incredible. It's, yeah. it's far-fetched. It hardly yeah. ever happens, but right. the Jets and the Browns are pretty stupid organizations. And, and teams are offensive line desperate, so assuming that you can just replace Jack Conklin with anyone – is a little bit naive, I think. I, yeah. I, I think the step down between Conklin and Kelly, well, Kelly, I don't think is terrible. I think the step down from Conklin to Kelly is significant. 
And I don't think you're going to get anyone that is going to be anywhere near Jack Conklin's level uh, at right tackle for 2020. So letting him go basically says we're okay with getting worse at that spot yeah. to me. So, but with well, that, are we, we done beating up on these heathens? Well, do you have I anything am. you want to get off your chest, Lebowski? Yeah, I just want this fan base to shut the fuck up and enjoy themselves. <laughs> shut the fuck up. You have a good team. Shut the fuck up. All right? Stop coming to me with 4,000 yards and value picks. <laughs> Bullshit. No more value picks? Done with it. All right. That's right. It's been fun. Bye, Mike. We love you. Um, let's spin football another F words. Are we, are we leaving or do I need to cut that off? No, no. We're good. We're okay. good. We're happy to be back, though. Yeah, it's, we are It's happy been, be been several weeks since we've been in front of a microphone. Happy to be back. You can find us on Twitter, as always, at Affords Pod. You can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, all that kind of jazz. For Mike, who just walked out the door before we get in and finish the podcast, I am Mr. Lebowski, our producer and co-host, Zach Lyons. You've been effed.